So our low self-esteem makes it difficult to set and maintain boundaries and expectations with these people. We have a distorted idea of what's normal because we think ourselves small. And if I think myself small, then I accept small. If I'm small, then small works for me. If I believe that I am not worth it, then your little effort makes a lot of sense. Even when it doesn't feel good, even when it's dysfunctional. But if I you have a distorted idea of myself, so I have a distorted idea of what's normal and acceptable, we attract at the level that we are. Well, nobody gets away from this. Hello? Nobody gets away from it. We attract at the level that we are. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Boundaries and Grace. My name is Taylor Chandler, and I'm your host. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I help people break negative relationship cycles. This episode was recorded live on Instagram on Thursday, December 1st, 2021. You're going to hear me engaging with the comments just a bit as we go through this hour together. I will see you in the middle for a break, and I will see you at the end. Sit back, relax, and take some notes. I hope you enjoy it. We're talking about three things. What is it? What's it look like? Why we're attracted to emotional unavailability and how to get out of the cycle. Okay. What is it? What's it look like? Why are you attracted to emotional unavailability and how do you get out of the cycle? So first, what is it? Let's define it. I define emotional availability as having the ability and the willingness to sustain an emotional connection, ability and willingness to sustain an emotional connection. If you just Google emotional availability, you'll find something like this, the ability to sustain emotional bonds in a relationship. I like, you all know me, I like to be specific. I need ability and willingness to be in there, willingness. So you heard in the definition, like if you Google it, the ability to sustain emotional bonds in a relationship but do you also have the willingness to do it? So let's first just say, what is ability? Do you have the skill set, skill set of emotional availability, things like, uh, and this is also things that you might be looking for in a partner, compromise and negotiation. Compromise and negotiation is a skill set. The ability to trust, practicing trust is a skill set. The ability to be vulnerable, practicing vulnerability is a skill set. It's important for me to define it as these as a, a skill set because these are all things that can be learned. You don't you're not you're not just born with it, okay? Which is a good thing. It means that you can learn it, practice it, and get better at it as you go. So, do you have the ability? Do you have the skill set? Compromise, negotiation, the ability to trust, the ability to be vulnerable. All of these things are skills that help you to sustain emotional bonds and relationship. And then here's that other thing that's usually left out of definitions that you find online about emotional availability ability or articles that you might read about it is the willingness. So someone might be able, have the ability, be able to be vulnerable, to trust, to enter into relationships, to communicate, but do they have the willingness to do it? Do they have the willingness to do it with you? You you can identify a perfectly good partner, potential partner, but do they want to do it for you? You might have seen them do it before, but do they want to do it with you? And that's a tough reality sometimes to face is that you might they might be able to do it and they might be willing to do it with someone else, but they're not willing to give you that. So let's just let's just start it there with because, you know, this stuff is kind of tough to face. OK, but these are things that we have to be honest about. Do they have the willingness? Do they want to engage you in that way or do they want to do it at all in general? Because sometimes someone might have the capacity to be able to learn the skill set, but they don't want to do it. They don't want a deeply intimate relationship. They don't want commitment. And so it doesn't matter if they're able to. It doesn't matter if you know that they're smart enough. It doesn't matter if you know that they're capable. It doesn't matter if you know that they could succeed in having a relationship with you or someone else. If they don't have the willingness to do it. It's a wrap. Okay, so let's just start there. Ability and willingness. Now let's go into what does it look like? Then we'll talk about why you're attracted to emotional unavailability. Then we'll talk about how do you get out of the cycle, okay? Okay, so what does it look like? I'm going to run down a couple uh, common signs of emotional 
unavailability, then hopefully this helps you to, uh, this helps to improve your discernment, okay? Helps to improve your discernment. I talk to a lot of people who are actively dating or who are interested in getting back out dating, um, and a question that comes up often is, how do I know if someone, uh, how do I know if someone is going to be a good match Okay, how can I basically like preemptively, this is a better way to put it. How can I how can I pre how can I filter through the bad seeds and get to the good ones? That's a better way to put it. That's a question that comes up often. Let me pick this up really quick. How do I filter out the bad seeds and get to the good ones? So hopefully some of these bullets about emotional unavailability will help to clear some of the fog and also help. I'm hoping that um, by hearing some of these things that you're able to validate or invalidate some of the fears that you might have. So let's see what's on the list. Fears that you might have like when, when dealing with someone. Sometimes you think you see a red flag and you're not really sure. That's another question that comes up a lot. It's another big reason why I'm doing this episode. Okay, so what's it? what does it look like when someone is emotionally unavailability? Difficulty making plans with them. We talked about this in the Promotions and Demotions podcast episode, episode five. So literally just last week. Difficulty making plans, okay? Like if you, if they're unable to commit, even we talked about short term, like two weeks out, 30 days out. We're not talking about engagements and marriages, right? Not right now. <laughs> but talking about can someone make plans with you and follow through? So something, something that you might hear with an emotionally unavailable, uh, unavailable person, they might be enthusiastic about making plans with you, but then they dip out the day before or maybe even the day of. Okay, they blow off plans or they treat it like it's penciled in rather than penned in. You might be pinning it and they are penciling it and erasing it because I'm not going to talk about the because yet. So they have difficulty making plans, unable to commit even short term to you. They can refuse to define the relationship. So you might be doing things that are related. You appear to be in a relationship. You can go on dates. You might be spending the night together. You might be, you know, you're going out to dinner. You might be you might go on a little short trip together, whatever, you can, but they refuse to define what the relationship is, meaning we are like not exclusive or we're not boyfriend, girlfriends, right? Like it, it consistently feels like it's casual, even though you're doing more committed like behaviors. Um, you, it appears to you that you fit into their world, but they don't try fitting into yours. So they don't show an, uh, they don't show active, interest in your interests or hobbies or what you do for work um you they have difficulty accommodating your schedule but they would expect that you would accommodate theirs okay they might have difficulty accommodating your schedule but they would expect you to accommodate theirs and this goes right into this next point think things are on their time they don't usually admit to these things. This is why you need to know. Okay, and let me make this point before I go on. I always do this. I get my notes and then, you know, I start talking and I just get excited about it. This is one of the reasons why it's so important for you. This is one of the things that is so important for you to know about emotional unavailable people. They typically like you, okay? Like they don't keep showing up because they don't like you or they're like maliciously trying to like mind Fuck you, mind fuck you, right? So it can be that they genuinely enjoy you, but they don't have the capacity to or the willingness to give to you. Okay. And so when you ask someone, hey, something like very direct, like it seems like you're kind of emotionally unavailable, they don't usually say, I think you're right. They usually feel they usually act like they're confused or you're wrong. And I, I have to point that out because I don't see that as a gaslight with this type of person. I don't see it as a gaslight. I don't see it as a malicious attack. I don't see it as being narcissistic or something. I see it as someone being unaware of their ability or willingness to actually be in the relationship that they're sort of like going through the motions of, but not actually invested in. Okay. So I think that that's kind of an important distinction. Not, I think, I believe that that's an important distinction to make. Um, so things can feel like they're on, um, that plans or the relationship is on their time. Things like intimacy, things like taking breaks in the relationship. They might, they might suggest that you all take breaks or that you break up and get back together, but it's on their time. 
Okay, plans are on are more much more often. I'm gonna say much more often because things in relationship typically are not literally 50-50. So I have to say much more often plans are what they want to do, okay? The time, the place, um, the activity, it's on their time or what their uh, preferences are. The pace of the relationship feels as if it's on their time. And again, and when you confront, and I've been in this, I've been in this situation, oh my goodness, don't get me started. I've been in, I've been in these situations where I feel the pacing is on their time. And if you bring it up, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about, but you feel it, right? You feel it. You can see evidence of it. It's not just a feeling. You can see evidence that things typically go their way. Okay. Um, they don't reach out. Okay. You find yourself doing the vast majority of calling, texting, trying to make plans. They don't initiate. Okay, they when when it comes to sharing feelings, they don't or they're vague. So they might say something like I'm fine or um, I'm overwhelmed. That was a that was a, a that's a big one. Overwhelm. Like it, because it's not specific. It's like well what are you, what what is the overwhelm? Um <laughs> what is the overwhelm? So they can they don't share feelings or they might be vague. Another interesting little symptom of emotional availability is they reflect your feelings back, but they don't offer their own. So a conflict might come up and you can say, I'm feeling really disappointed in the way that this is that in the way that our relationship is going right now. And they say, I feel the same way, which is just reflecting back to you rather than saying, oh, I, 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 I feel similarly. I also feel betrayed. I also feel a bit of resentment. I also feel sad or I don't feel um, disappointed in this. This is actually going just fine for me. So they just might reflect your feelings, which gives you the feeling and the appearance that we're in this thing together when really you're just getting you back to you. And it's sort of like an appeasement. Like, I don't want to share my feelings with you. So I'm just going to give yours back that you just gave me so that it appears that I'm actively engaged in the conversation. But really, this is a pretty it's a one sided. It's a trampoline you share with me and I just bounce it back um, to you. Um, Kelvin said, I'm speaking to the choir this morning in vision. Hey, y'all, good morning, um, said I'm always speaking facts. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh it's one thing to read about this stuff. It's another thing to be in it. When you, I've been in these situations. It is not pretty. Okay. Um, and then the next one, and then we'll go on to why they're this way. The ne- the last point here, because there's a lot of ways that people can show up emotionally unavailable. I'm just giving you some big ones. Um, they keep showing up. Ooh, I knew I ended with this point on purpose. They keep showing up, but you keep asking yourself Why? They keep showing up to dates. They keep answering the phone. They reply to the text, whether it's timely or not. They, they remain basically present and sometimes very present, but they, they'll at least remain like a basic presence in your life. And if they ghost for a bit, if they, if they withdraw for a few days or a week, they'll come. That's when they'll initiate, right? Some, you might also identify that as breadcrumbing. Okay, or intermittent reinforcement. I talked about that a while ago. Breadcrumbing, intermittent reinforcement, real quick, is uh, is when someone is giving you small. Think about it like this: they're dangling the carrot, and every once in a while you get to have a bite. They're dangling the carrot, and every once in a while you get to have a bite. That's intermittent reinforcement. It's essentially training you. And I, when I say training, I don't mean that these people are, are like literally strategizing and planning to, and they're plotting on you. It's not usually the case, guys. OK, but it's essentially what it is, is training you to keep coming back for more. And those rewards, that carrot can become fewer and far farther between. And sometimes they'll give you the whole carrot. And so you consistently feel motivated to respond to them or go back to them. That's intermittent reinforcement and breadcrumbing. I really like talking about those two things. Um, but. As always, there's always 20 different conversations that come up in in these when this one episode, so we're going to stay on track. So they keep showing up, but you keep asking yourself why. So they're picking up the phone, they're showing up to dates every once in a while, they do initiate. Every once in a while, you get a little glimpse of their internal world. They share a genuine feeling that they have or thought that they have, but you keep asking yourself why because you're not getting that sense of satisfaction and fulfillment that you get when you're emotionally connected in a in a true healthy relationship. 
You're not getting that same sense that we are moving deeper together. And it doesn't need to be these huge, deep dives into your feelings. But in a normal, healthy, stable relationship, you do have consistent feelings of getting to know each other a bit more a bit more and sometimes there can be some there are there are times of stagnation of feelings of plateaus or even feelings of regression but you do in general we're talking about trend okay so you don't have the expectation that you're always improving in relationship it's just not realistic sometimes you're going to take a couple steps back and sometimes you're just going to stagnate but it's a general trend of moving forward so like if you were looking at a chart and if you have an x-axis going horizontal and a y-axis going vertical if you look at the whole chart, if you go horizontal across the chart, you would see a ba- basically a trend upwards. Even if it's a, to a small degree, you're basically trending upwards, sometimes hitting a dip, sometimes hitting a big dip, but coming back up and trending upwards across time. When someone is emotionally unavailable, you don't get a, a positive increase, a positive increase in emotional connection across time. It feels more stagnant and regressive than progressive. I think I said that really well. I'm going to give myself some hearts for that. I wish I could click the button. I can't click the button on my side. But anyway, I felt like that was that was pretty clear. So they keep showing up. You keep asking yourself why. Why are, why, why are they this way? Why are they this way? Question comes up all the time now. Why are people this way? And I'm going to give you the only answer that matters. Here we go. It doesn't matter. Why, why is my husband emotionally unavailable? Why can't I reach my girlfriend? Why are they emotionally unavailable? Here's the only answer that matters. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Okay. Stop trying to figure it out because you will probably try to fix it. Stop trying to figure it out why someone is emotionally unavailable because you will probably try to fix it. And how do I know that? Because you're the type that's attracted to emotionally unavailable people, which means that you probably have some codependent tendencies. Hello, that was me. You're probably codependent. Okay. And so when you see a broken wing bird and you're like, oh my gosh, they just need some more love. They just need to feel safe. If they can just see that I'll be consistent. If they could just see that I'm trustworthy. If they could just see that I'm good. I'm better than their exes. I'm better than their current partner. I'm better than the person that was before me. If they could just see it, then they'll open up and you try to figure out what their, what their code is. Right. This is the feeling of being with an emotional available person when you're the other when you're the other person, you're trying to get to them. It's like you're it's like every week there's a new code. Right. It's like they, they're they're their hearts in a safe. And every week, you know how like uh, after a while, Google will ask you to change your password for privacy. Right. It'll ask you to do a two step verification on your phone. That's what it's like being with an emotional unavailable person. Every, every little bit and you know, it, and this keeps you in anxiety, right? Oh, I'm coming off of my notes. Now this keeps you in anxiety because you know that even when you're hitting a good, a sweet spot, that it's just a matter of time before what across that horizontal axis across time, we're going to dip. We're going to dip. It will happen with this type of person. It will happen. It is literally a matter of time. When you hit those sweet spots, it's a matter of time before you hit those dips. Um, and it keeps you in anxiety. That's that inner, that's why intermittent reinforcement is so effective. Breadcrumbing is so effective in a bad way because it gives you those carrots that you're starving for. And so even a nibble feels good. Ooh. Oh my goodness. So why are they this way? It doesn't matter. Stop trying to figure it out because you're probably the type to try to fix it and, and, and you'll stick around. And these people, uh, consciously or not, that doesn't matter either, whether they know they're doing it or not. These people feed off of that. They, because even though they're emotionally unavailable, they're still a human being and they need validation, affection, love, and you're willing to give that to them with no ex- expectation of them reciprocating. You use their emotional availability to justify, to excuse them. You use their past to excuse them not giving to you now in the present. You take their emotional availability and say, okay, well, they're in, they're in process, right? Maybe they'll be different later, right? You, you take this thing. I've done it. When I'm saying you, I've had to say this to myself, shake myself out of it. And you know, I've been to a lot of therapy. No, I read a lot of books, so a combination of all these things, shaking myself out of it because we use these things to say, well, they're that broken winged bird and I'm the broken winged bird healer and I'm going to go collect. I say, you, we, I got the broken winged birds and then I have the broken winged collectors and you go around, we go around and we collect these people and try to fix them up. 
So if you consistently find yourself attracted to this type, you're probably a broken wing collector. Okay, so it you need to stop trying to figure out why they do this. Stop YouTubing it. Yeah, stop YouTubing it. Stop Googling it. Stop reading the articles. Cut it out. Ruben said, never mind the notes. This is good. Thanks, Ruben from Sweden. He said, breadcrumbing is crack. Yep, so easy to get really hooked. And damn, it's hard to give it up. Exactly. And you know what's interesting, Ruben? Mm, mm, mm. I love when you're here, Ruben. You know what's interesting is that when you look back on it, you find that those little nibbles were shit. They weren't even good. It wasn't even a good nibble. What, what happens in our brain is that we get so discouraged with this person that when they give us a nibble, it feels like a meal. And so we have a perception that, oh, when they made plans with us, what great progress. When that's just normal relationship stuff. That's just, no, that's just normal. Someone initiating plans with you is normal and expected. But they give you so little that when they get, when they, when you finally when you finally get that bite fireworks are going off in your head and it it distorts it distorts your experiences okay you have a meaning that you perceive that something better is happening i have a better potential partner than i really have because you're such you're so bad most of the time that when you give me a good part of you i'm like oh my gosh great we've made we've made strides when they're really not doing much at all you can count on and you can count on that these people are emotionally, relationally lazy. And every once in a while they show you a little bit of grit. And you get caught up. That's why Ruben said it's like crack. Yep, yep, yep. We are not quite done yet. Just gonna take a bit of a breather here. I hope everything's going well so far. A reminder that if you are relating to this, you want to know more about it, you have some questions about yourself or about how you've been going through some relationships. You can use the free 20-minute consultation call in the show notes below. Click that link. You'll choose the date and time, and I will reach out to you via phone at the time you select. This is also my time to pass around the offering bucket. Yes, 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 yes. The offering bucket. If you've been enjoying this podcast, you've been getting something out of it, um, please give back. Yep. I have the audacity to ask some give back Mm -hmm. and the way that we give back here is you can leave a rating press those stars if you're on apple review Um, you can subscribe you can also send two dollars five dollars ten dollars to the cash app to support this work and make sure that we keep going strong Cash App is in the show notes below as well, but it's dollar sign Taychand, T-A-Y-C-H-A-N-D. Passing around the offering bucket, y'all. I'll give it a few seconds so you can pull up the app. A few more seconds. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pass that offering bucket to the left. Yep. All right. Thank you so much for giving back. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. I'll see you at the end. What's next? Why we're attracted to it. Oh, this is going to be good. And how to get out of it. Why are you attracted to it? And how do you get out of it? Well, here we go. Why we're attracted to it. I've got three big uh, categories for you. Three big categories for it. Let's see. Should I leave them alone? Yeah, leave them alone. But I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Libby, hey, girl. She said, when you're starved for affection, a little nibble seems like a full full course meal. Yep, Ruben said, totally agree. It's a messed up process, and I'm the only one responsible for it by chasing and staying starving. Ooh, the accountability. But it, you know what? You know what I'm going to say about that, though? Ruben, I'm glad you're here. You are, you're killing it today. What I, what I want to say about that, because... Uh, you know, I like balance. I like to be, I like to give the whole picture. It is so difficult to detangle from this loop with somebody. It is genuinely hard, right? And I, like, let's take, let's just, let's take Taylor phrase it. I'm a smart person. I'm aware. It's hard. It was hard. <laughs> like even without knowing attachment styles, right? Even without knowing all of this stuff, right? You can be a super competent, intelligent, good person, and get 
it's real and still it can be difficult to detangle from this not because you're like weak minded or something but because of that of the training the conditioning the reinforcement the hope the fantasy the the true green lights that you get from these people when you when you're getting green lights mixed with red when you're getting green lights mixed with yellow and and they're all mixed up together sometimes it's green sometimes it's red sometimes it is really difficult to detangle from that and to see it for what it is and that's why and we'll talk about it later I'm, talk about why space is so important okay so why are we attracted to it three big things all right here's the first here's the first loop the first the first bucket of things why we're attracted to it i feel that i must work for love i have to prove to you that i'm worth a full commitment because emotional available people they're not going to give you a full commitment you're you're getting you're getting the crumbs right you're getting the sometimes love you're getting the lukewarm so i need to prove to you that i'm worth you fully stepping into this thing uh why are we attracted to this your parents may have recognized Here's, here's one. Your parents may have recognized your externals, like your achievements, your athleticism, your weight, and it might be in a bad way. It could be in a good or a bad way, but they're recognizing, identifying your things that are on the external of you, outside of you, and not your internal. So you're used to never quite feeling seen. So I need to do in order to be recognized, acknowledged, seen, validated, even if it's in a. Can y'all hear me still? These dang phone calls. Can y'all hear me? Even if it's in a bad way. So but at least I'm getting the recognition. At least I'm getting at least I'm being seen. So your parents may have recognized your externals, but not your internals. So you're used to never quite feeling seen. Might sound like this in your subconscious. You know I exist, but you don't seem to know what to do with me when I'm here. You know I exist, but you don't seem to know what to do with me when I'm here. Go back to that um, one of the points about what it looks like. They keep showing up, but you keep asking yourself why. Because I'm not feeling like we're having this connection, but you keep coming back, so you must feel something about me. You must have, you must want to be with me too, because you keep showing up. I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm confused a lot of the time, but because you keep coming back, you must want to be with me, and so I'll just stick around until you come to that revelation. So you know I exist, but you don't seem to know what to do with me when I'm here. People might have been recognize your externals. You feel that that urge to produce in order to be validated. Um, and seen as worthy. Let's move on to the next bucket. Why are we attracted to emotionally unavailable people? Reinforces the storylines in our mind. We all have them. And that uh, leads to confirmation bias. Confirmation bias can sound like what I just talked about, like I'm not worth a commitment. And so confirm the confirmation bias aspect of that is I, if I believe that I'm not worth a commitment, if that's my storyline, then I will continue to get with people who prove that true who show me that I'm not worth the commitment, who are unable or unwilling to commit to me. I'm not worth a commitment, and so I will get with people who agree. Okay? The, another storyline uh, that, uh, that comes up often that, that is, sounds like a complaint is I'm always the one doing all the work. I'm always the one doing all the work. And you are because you're with emotionally unavailable people. You're with people who don't have the ability or the willingness to commit to you. So yes, you actually are in situations where you are doing all the work, but it's not because you are meant to be this never ending work, this, this workhorse that keeps going and going and going. But it's because you get with people who allow you to do that, who actually require you to do that. Ruben said, that's it. I know all the theory, all of it, and I'm still hooked. It's crazy frustrating. These patterns seem so damn deep into personality and self-image. Absolutely, it is difficult. Even when you're aware of these things, it can still be hard to detangle from them. And we'll talk about how to do that in a little bit. Okay, so it reinforces some storylines, confirmation bias. We seek things that we agree with, that agree with what we already think to avoid discomfort, which is why I'm so proud of like people like my clients and things and people that listen to stuff like this, because it can make you uncomfortable. But the only way that we change is when we get uncomfortable. We've all heard that a thousand times because it's true. We all, we've all heard that a thousand times because it's true. So we seek things that agree with what we already think. So when it comes to 
this emotional unavailability, I'm going to seek people who agree with what I already think about myself. So if you don't think I'm worthy or worth commitment, I will seek you out to confirm what I already think. And it's hard then to be with people who are actually willing to accept you for who you are. Because that's uncomfortable. Because as weird as it sounds, right, as healthy as it is, if it's uncomfortable, we avoid, we, we reject, we push it away. Okay, think about the way that your body works. When something gets into your body that is, let's take, let's not, I don't even want to go down, I'm not even going to go down the white, the white blood cell route. Let's just talk about your eyelashes because I just saw Phoebe who did my eyelashes. And Phoebe, I was actually just thinking about you this morning because I'm going to get my eyelashes back in January, okay? So let's talk about eyelashes. When you have, when, when dust flies in your eye, your body is so majestically made that you have these eyelashes that flap the dust out of the way. That's the purpose of your eyelashes. They're not there because they look pretty, although Phoebe at Sweet and Lashful and Buckhead, hello, um, can make them look really pretty. That's actually not the function of your eyelashes. The function of your eyelashes is not to wear mascara and to put extensions on. The function is to get the dust and things that are foreign to your body out of your body because your eyes are so sensitive. And it's sort of like that. When something is foreign to your emotional life, like consistency, <laughs> when something is foreign to your emotional life, like someone who likes you just for you, someone who reassures you just because, someone who validates you just on a Tuesday. When something is foreign to your emotional life, your emotional eyelashes dust them out the way, okay, as healthy as it might be because it's foreign to you. Whew. So we seek things out that are comfortable even when they're bad for us. All right, third bucket, and then we will move on into how do we get out of it. All right, last bucket here and why we're attracted to it. It allows you to it also allows you to stay distant. And we typically uh don't talk about this part. Um which of course is why I'm talking about it. Being with emotionally unavailable people allows you to stay distant. You might claim to want intimacy, but it might be scary for you too because why? The eyelashes, it's foreign. Okay? So you might say you on my page all day liking stuff, saving stuff, reposting things. But it might be scary for you, too. And so being with emotionally unavailable people allows you to maintain distance, allows you to keep your inner world to yourself because they're not interested in it in any way. They're not asking you about it. So you get to you get to stay distant and you also get to reinforce your victimhood that everybody I'm always doing all the work and nobody's here for me and all this stuff. It allows you to maintain this victimhood. Because I'm, the, I'm always the good guy and they're always the bad guy. So being with emotionally unavailable people keeps you stuck, allows you to stay distant. You get to keep your inner world to yourself. You get to avoid the fear of opening up. You get to avoid the task of maintaining intimacy. You get to avoid the task of sustaining relationship and working through conflict. You get to avoid all of that with emotionally unavailable people. Isn't this exciting, y'all? Kelvin said, the worst part of being in this cycle for me is knowing the cycle is happening, yet not leaving. Kelvin Rubin said the same thing. Um, Lil, uh, <laughs> Lily, Libby said, just when I think I'm doing better, I fall into the same trap again and again. It's frustrating. Wow, so we're hearing a lot of the same stuff, right? So even when you know... Even when you know what's going on, it is still difficult. So that's why I'm writing um, an ebook about this to just give you the practical ways forward. Because I know it's frustrating, and I've, I, I've been aware of it, and I've done it again and again. Like, it's ridiculous. So you really got to like it. I had to, I had to tackle this issue like I do with fitness, like an everyday thing, where it was like I have to hit this thing every single day in order to move this needle forward. Because you can know that you need to work out, but until you work out, nothing changes, right? So you can know that you need to break the cycle, but until you do that exercise of breaking it, nothing changes. Ooh. Ooh, the mic. All right. So it allows you to stay distant. You might have had a uh, bad relationship experiences or no relationship experience in the past. So you, you might with bad relationship experiences, it might lead you to not wanting not wanting to open up again, get hurt again. OK, so we get within emotionally unavailable people because you don't you're not required to open up with them. Lily says she's so ready for the book. Me too, girl. I'm ready for it, too. OK, um, and here's the last thing about this, which I think is the most important thing. I think out of everything I said so far, this this next thing is the most important. Low self-esteem. Your low self-esteem. 
your low self-esteem, one of the most difficult things that I had to do in working with my attachment style was getting honest that I had low self-esteem. I was shocked. I was literally shocked <laughs> when I when I came to the realization. And I see it when I when I have groups and stuff, when I when I when I bring this up, and it's always somebody that's like, What do you mean? I'm not confident. What do you mean? And that was me. What do you mean? What do you mean? I've got confident. Look at look at everything that I did. No, we don't make these kinds of decisions being with these kinds of people when we feel good about ourselves. We just don't. We just don't. Okay, so our low self-esteem makes it difficult to set and maintain boundaries and expectations with these people. We have a distorted idea of what's normal because we think ourselves small. And if I think myself small, then I accept small. If I'm small, then small works for me. If I believe that I am not worth it, then your little effort makes a lot of sense. Even when it doesn't feel good, even when it's dysfunctional. But if I, you have a distorted idea of myself, so I have a distorted idea of what's normal and acceptable. We attract at the level that we are. Well, nobody gets away from this. Hello? Nobody gets away from it. We attract at the level that we are. So, you know, we complain about emotionally unavailable people, but... There's something going on with you. I'm going to talk about that. That's the next thing. And then we're wrapping it up. There's some, there's some things going on with you that makes it okay for you to be in an environment like that. Kelvin said, oh, why are you coming for me this morning? I'm, she said, I'm spot on. There is something that's going on with you that makes it okay for you to be in an environment like that. Put it like this. Oh, I'm into the metaphors this morning. When I put on a, uh, an extra, extra large sweatshirt, I know it doesn't fit. I know I should not walk out the store with the XX. I, I might like the color. It's Nike. You know I like it. Right? I might like the color. I might like the brand. I might even be able to imagine what it would be like if it was my size and how nice that would be. But it doesn't fit. Put it up. <laughs> okay? It doesn't fit. Put it up up you know it that it doesn't fit me but if i thought because let's talk about body dysmorphia for two seconds let's talk about body dysmorphia for two seconds because i believe oh let me write somebody write this down in emotional dysmorphia body dysmorphia physical dysmorphia emotional dysmorphia body dysmorphia is when i have a perception of my body that is not real it often happens when someone has had like massive weight loss and they can still imagine themselves literally still see themselves as huge as the double x right but you're not anymore right if you have massive you but you're not anymore and it's the same kind of thing with this where i I feel, I still feel, I know that I'm not small. I've been reading that I'm worthy, but I feel unworthy. And so I'm still willing to put on that sweatshirt that doesn't fit. I'm still willing to get into that relationship that doesn't fit because I might know that I'm better, but I don't actually cerebrally I know that I'm better in my mind I've been reading about it Taylor's been saying it I've been talking about it with people cerebrally I know that I'm supposed to think and believe that I am worth it but I don't experience myself as worth it and if I don't experience myself as worth it as worth the effort as worth the commitment I'm still gonna put your raggedy ass sweatshirt on oh god I wish somebody had said this to me I wish, I really wish somebody had said this to me, Lord. So here I am. Um, mm, mm, mm. Let's move on because I have to go. <laughs> I have to go, but I just get so excited. I, was, I wanted to be done with this 10 minutes ago, but I just get so excited about it. Emotional dysmorphia. That's what your book is about. Actually, it wasn't. I just said I, it might be. Maybe I need to write something else about emotional dysmorphia because I think that I think I'm on to something there. Libby said, sometimes I feel as if I need to make reparations for past sins and mistakes. Different. It's just a little bit, I think that might, might be a bit different. It might be, might, tell me if this makes sense to you, Libby. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this next part and let's go. Um, how do you get out of it? <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you, I'm gonna, we're, we're breaking this into two categories. One, if you are the unavailable one, 
Okay. If you are the emotionally unavailable one, and then if you keep getting with them, let's talk about if you are the emotionally unavailable one. If you are the emotionally unavailable one where you find yourself running from commitment, refusing to define the relationship, or sometimes the emotionally unavailable one, and it's difficult to it's difficult for you to recognize yourself in this state because because you're chasing the unavailable people, you believe you're available, you believe that you're ready for commitment and intimacy, when in reality, if you were with someone who was secure, vulnerable, and ready to go, you'd be running to the hills. Okay, so... Uh, usually if there's an emotionally unavailable, if you're attracting consistently unavailable people, like it's not a one-off situation or a once every other year situation, it's because you have some elements of emotionally unavailability yourself. And that's okay. We're going to take care of it. So how do you get out of it? If you are the unavailable one, first, therapy. Therapy. Please call somebody. If it's not me, call somebody now so and you want to go to therapy because i'm gonna give you some some words some some key things that you would want to talk uh bring up with your therapist so you're not just exploring for weeks and weeks like without knowing what you're trying to do so um therapy for fears around trust fears around commitment your past breakups need to be cleared out past breakups need to be cleared out even if, if you think that you've worked on it and you're still finding yourself with unavailable people, even if you think, I've left Michael behind, I've left Bree behind, I don't even think about them anymore, I need you to bring it up anyway with a good therapist who might be able to see some blind spots that you don't. Because remember, we don't just get with unavailable people for no reason. We don't. So the past breakups need to be cleared out. Issues with your parents need to be cleared out. Rewind it if you want to hear about the parent stuff again and, and, and how that kind of dysfunctional attachment or the inability or unwillingness of them to validate who you really are, how that can affect the way that you, the, what you're attracted to and the way you feel you need to perform. Um, those issues with parents need to be cleared out. This is before anything. When I say before anything, I mean before you get wrapped up with another person, if you are the unavailable one before anything, before you have sex with somebody else, before you go on another date, you need to go to therapy. Seriously. And I, I'm, 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 I'm really big on this because I want us to have perspective. The longer you go around this world, all chopped up, chopped and screwed. Okay. Chopped and screwed. You are essentially infecting people. I'm so I'm dead ass. I need you to think about this like COVID. When you are when you have a you are chopped and screwed up, and I've been this, okay? But when you then unavailable, go out and try to attach or get someone to fill you up and do all this relational type stuff, but not willing or able to be willing and able to be in a relationship, you're messing them. You you you're you're chopping away at them. Now you're you're forcing somebody to chase you. Okay, or you just give them another negative experience with someone who's not ready and they were. We infect people. Okay, you're creating more problems. So if you're the unavailable one, you have an issue. I need you to time out. And before you get other people involved, I need you to take care of what you got going on before you have sex with another person, before you go another day, before you swipe, please. All right. Next up, here's what you can do if you're the unavailable person. Practical things, because therapy is a process. Here's some practical things that you can do. Maybe you're in therapy, okay? Or maybe, no, that's all I'm going to say. If you're already in it, then you can start doing these practical things. What I really am advising you not to do is to try to practice being emotionally unavailable practice being emotionally available without doing the processing work behind it. It's like putting Band-Aid on a bullet wound. doesn't work. So practical things, after you've already started to do this processing, practice reaching out when you're thinking of them. Emotionally unavailable types, we usually withhold. We withhold. Okay, we withhold. We wait for someone to come to us. We want them to be more invested than us. Okay, because if you invest more, did I write about this or talk about this recently? Something I did just about this, like really, really recently. If I see, if I want you to invest more, because if you leave, I won't feel I've lost as much. So I need to see that you've got more, more skin in the game than me. 
We withhold. So I need you to practice reaching out when you're thinking of them. That's one practical thing that you can do. You think about them, you want to say something nice, and you usually keep it to yourself because you don't want them to know that they got you in your feelings a little bit, okay, that you like them a little bit, that you're attracted, that you kind of see see something going somewhere. Practice reaching out. How about that? And here's the other thing, and then we're about to wrap this thing up. Slow down when you want to withhold or say no. Slow down. Slow down when you feel that urge coming on to say no, to cancel plans, to withhold. When they give you a compliment and you don't, or, or they 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 reach out to you for uh, anything, just normal like, hey, thinking of you, and you're like, thanks, and don't engage like we would in a healthy relationship. Um, slow down before you put the wall up. I want you to think. Okay, because this is these are these are these are my the best emotionally unavailable people are the ones who truly desire to be in relationship, but don't know how to do it, don't know how to stick and stay, don't know how to trust and be vulnerable. And so it's not that you don't it's not that you truly want walls up between you. You don't you're not trying to burn bridges, but you just do. It's automatic. It's compulsive. That's why I'm asking you to slow down, okay? When you want to withhold or say no or put a wall up, I need you to ask yourself some questions. Am I feeling smothered? And am I feeling scared? Am I feeling irritated? Those kinds of basic questions. Am I feeling scared? Am I feeling irritated? Am I feeling smothered? The next line of questioning that you need to ask yourself is, is it real or is it imagined? Is this person truly hitting me up nonstop, smothering me, trying to take over my life, which is not many. Just like I said, there's not many sociopaths. There are not many people, avoidance and emotionally unavailable types, not many people who are literally trying to, to take you, consume you, take over your life and mind and heart. As not have, Most people just want a normal relationship with you. And so when you're asking yourself, am I feeling smothered? Am I feeling scared? Am I feeling irritated? Is it real or am I imagining it? Is this coming from some past thing going on? Is this coming from some projection I'm putting on, I'm placing onto this person? And it's not really Taylor that's being too much. It's really me being scared of intimacy and vulnerability. Hmm. Well, those are my couple of tips for if you're the unavailable one. Let's talk about if you keep getting with them. And then we are out of here. All right, good time. Um, gosh, these things always go so much longer than I anticipate, but I just get so excited. All right, if uh, if you're if you're of the type that just keeps getting with these types, couple things, and then, yep, yeah, couple things. Practical ones first. Create space. Create space. Create space. Uh, emotionally unavailable people often appear really attractive and mysterious. And it feels like if you just get that code right, that they'll open up, right? The safe opens up and here is their heart. That's not how it works. So I need you to create some space because you're acting in compulsion to please this person, to appease this person, to get this person to give you something that they either can't or will not. So I need you to create some space so that you can recharge yourself and you can see what's really going on. I like this because you can see what, where are the scales really? Not what you want them to be, but where is the scales? It's probably heavily tilted on the investment on your side. If you are the one attracting, attracted to the emotionally unavailable people, the scale is, is likely heavily weighted on your side of your, of your investment. So when you create some space, you get to see it. Okay, you can see how this thing is being weighed out and it helps you to make clearer decisions. Create space. Stop reaching out. No sex. (laughs) No sex. Sometimes you know what we do and I've done it. It's like, okay, I know this person's unavailable, but the sex is good. So I'll just put up emotional boundaries and I just won't get too emotionally involved and it'll be fine. Wrong. (laughs) Okay, wrong wrong. You're opening yourself up to, oh my gosh, just more trauma. So, um, trauma. Yeah. Like in the form of, I actually have hopes and desires for this person in relationship. And I'm now going to minimize them to again, appease this person. So they get to have a spot that they're comfortable with. And I'm uncomfortable. No sex, no sex. Stop reaching out. Less sharing. 
They don't need to know that your dog went to the vet. They don't. They don't. They don't. And we you and we use this kind of stuff to be like, oh well, uh, I wonder if their mom is um what if their mom got sick over the holiday? Shouldn't I reach out? What if their car, what, I know they were, they're going on a trip. Um, what if their car breaks down? I want them to know that they can still reach out to me. I've done all that dumb shit. Cut it out. It's, it's just, it's just an excuse to keep the door open when it should be closed. Less sharing. They don't need to know how your day was. They don't need to know what you're doing over Christmas. They're not your per, they're not, you're not in a relationship. No sex, less sharing, stop reaching out, cut it out. And even if you are in a relationship, still back it up, back it up. I'm not telling, I don't tell anybody just like off the cuff, like just break up. Like I think, you know, we have to, you know, you and I need to talk one-on-one about like, you know, what's going on, what's up with your partner, what's up, what's up, what's up. But uh, even if you are in a relationship, I need you to back, back, back it up. So reach out a little bit less, share a little bit less, recharge, get some perspective so that you can see. And then if you are in a relationship, you need you to, I need you to be able to understand how you can communicate your needs and wants clearly and how these, and how this imbalance has been affecting you. And I need you to have a clear ask of your partner. I need you to have a clear ask of your partner, a clear request for your partner. And then I need you to take their response seriously. And we can talk about all that one-on-one or we can do it in group. So regard, I don't care if you're in a relationship or not, create space, perspective, Stop accommodating their plans and feelings. And I want to I want to pause right here um, for a second. This is not about becoming. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to incite anger towards these people. I'm not asking you to become angry at these people. What I'm asking you to do is to see things for what it is, and the feelings that come are the ones that come. I'm. Not, I don't become angry at emotionally unavailable people. Okay, because it's, it's truly not personal. Um, but I want to say that because sometimes when I talk about that, you know, I'd be getting like super into it. It's not about getting angry about it. It's not, that's not what it is. It is about being clear. What I'm, what I'm so passionate about with this are your boundaries. I don't really, I'm not getting into how you feel about this person. Okay. I'm, I'm into getting your boundaries together so that you can see what's going on and make the best decisions for you. Whatever decisions you make are yours. But what I get really into is making sure that you have the right things, the right structures in place so that you can actually see what's up. But I don't encourage, I mean, you don't need to get angry at these people because it's not personal. Um, So stop accommodating their plans and their feelings as if they can do and feel whatever, whenever, and you can't. Because when we're with unavailable people, we're usually, we, we appease we keep our things to ourselves because they're because it's so easy to make them uncomfortable that we just want to avoid it at all costs. Um, so you have to stop accommodating their plans and their feelings as if they can do and feel whatever, whenever, and you can't. If they're share, if they're you know want to express something, then that means you get to do it too, or you don't allow them to use you as a dumping ground, and you just say, "Well, we're just not, we're just not gonna, we're just not there. We don't, we don't have an equal sharing, we don't have an equal sharing plane." And so either you're going to be able to share about what you feel and what you want and don't want for this relationship, and I can too, and we both get to respect each other, and we both accommodate each other. We compromise and negotiate that someone that has, a, that has the, the skill to be emotionally, unavail- emotionally available with you, we're either going to do that or we're not doing it. What we're not going to keep doing is reinforcing the imbalance and allowing them to do and feel and think whatever and just do that in your life, running amok, and you don't get to do anything. You're backed in a corner in your own life. No. Stop spending money. Stop spending money. Okay? Sometimes we use money to try to, uh, you know, you going on you going on dates my guys do this a lot i've definitely done this as well um st- spending money okay kind of trying to be like it's 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 sort of it gets it's think about it like it just injects the relationship with like a little bit of like uh, endorphins. That's, exa- that's the that's the exact word the hormone i'm looking for endorphins. So i'm feeling oh my gosh this gets so deep I'm feeling insecure about where I stand in your life. I'm feeling insecure about what I mean to you. I'm feeling insecure about the relationship. And so now I'm going to throw some endorphins on it. I'm going to manufacture happiness so that we can just get to next week. So now I'm going to buy you some shoes. Now I'm going to buy you dinner. Okay, stop spending money. You need, listen to me when I say this, you need to feel the pain of what it's like to be in the relationship that you are trying so 
hard to maintain or obtain. Like you're not even in a relationship, you're trying to get them. I need you to stop the tricks, stop the fireworks, and I want you to feel the discomfort of being or trying to be with someone who is not giving you what you need. I need you to stop injecting the relationship with endorphins to distract you from the fact that y'all don't have a real connection. If I'm, if I'm, I'm saying this to you, I had to say it to me. I need you to stop the circus. The show is over. The show is over. And I want you to see how desolate the landscape is when you're not decorating it. Oh, God. Oh, somebody stop. Somebody going to cut it out today. Somebody's going to cut that shit out today. All right. This all comes down to understanding that you are enough already. You are enough already. And I, I want to back to the low self-esteem. Why are we do that? Low self-esteem it comes back to I'm enough already. I don't need to be doing all this, putting on a show every week. Putting on a show every week for you? No. No. I'm enough already. I'm going to say this, though. It is possible that you're not living up to the standard that you want in a partner. Like maybe you don't like your job or you haven't tried to get a new one. Maybe you wanted to exercise. You haven't been. Maybe your appearance is low, uh, like you're looking crazy. Maybe you're not as productive as you sh as you should be for the kind of person that you want. You're not being accountable for your own life, but you want a very accountable partner, an emotionally open, available partner. It is very possible that you're not doing what you need to do in order to get what you want, right? So I will say that. But I need you to, regardless, that's something that you need to take care of on an individual level and still leave that person alone while you're getting yourself together. And if you already have, you already are, like you, you are on track, you are going in the direction that you want to go, you need to believe and sit in that and understand that I am enough already. I don't have to go around proving myself to get to convince you, can convince you to love me. There are plenty of people that would be happy with Taylor as she is. Yep. So if you got a problem with it or if you don't want to commit here, that's fine because you're no, that's no longer attractive to me. I'm no longer turned on by that. It, that. That to me now is instead of green flag, pursue, it's red flag. Don't. If you don't want me, cool. Got to go. I'll go. There are mi so many other people that are willing that, that are willing and able, willing and able to accept you as you are. Okay that are going to be attractive to you physically, emotionally, mentally, that are going to be on your level, okay? I'm enough already. I don't need to go around and try to make everyone else. You don't have to validate that. If you can't, if you can't see, and, I, and I, if I know I got myself together or I know I'm on track, if you can't see, if you don't want to, if you don't want, a, if you don't want a piece of this, cool. I'm going to save it for somebody that eats that shit up. I'm enough already. I'm not going to be putting on a show for your ass. Yep. All right. Next. Uh, oh, and last, I, the, for my people that were unavailable, I said you need to go to therapy first before doing any practical stuff. But for the people that if you are attract, you are with the unavailable people, your first thing is the practical stuff. I need you to do. understand this. If you're the one that's in the relationship with the unavailable person and you're the one that's getting hurt, do not wait for therapy to do these practical things. You need to do that stuff today. You need to create the space today. You need to stop spending the money today on them. You need to do that stuff today and then get yourself into therapy. You need to create the space and then get yourself into therapy. Because what happens is sometimes someone wants to hang on to the unhealthy relationship. And then in therapy, they're, 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 it's too much. It's too muddled up. And I'll be honest. I'll just tell somebody that. I'm like, you can't, I'm like I, again, I don't tell somebody to just break up. But I'm very honest. And I'm like, it's very difficult to even see what you need to do because you're still in it. So creating some space is really, really helpful. Um, but yeah, I need, if you're the one that's in, that's the one that's being hurt, I need you to do the practical things first. You need to get, create safety for yourself first before get, getting into the, the therapy process. Because what you'll do is use therapy as a, a way to delay the inevitable, which is that this is not going to work. 
and you start or feeling like I need to be perfect in order to move on from this relationship or move into a new one or, or no, you don't do the practical stuff first. And then you can go ahead and get into therapy and we'll work on the things like your attachment issues, your negative beliefs about yourself in relationship, and then understanding what's so bad about the available people anyway. Why, why is it that the, that, that, that stable is boring. Let's really understand what that is and how to reconfigure that in your mind so that you can um, get off or rather uh, get out of the circus. Wow. Uh, I hope that this was helpful. I appreciate y'all for being here this morning. All right, y'all. That is the show. That is the show. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm sure you did. And I'll see you again next week. If you did enjoy it, please share it with somebody who could also benefit from it. Rate and review if you haven't already. Subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And this is the last passing of the offering bucket. Yep. Cash app. Dollar sign Tay Chand T A Y C H A N D. If you're interested in doing a free 20 minute consult call, you can use the link in the show notes below. The Cash App is in the show notes below. My Instagram tag is in the show notes below. Hello. Yep. And my last word of advice today is stop being cheap. Don't keep trying to get everything for free. If you are getting a whole lot out of the I am Taylor Chandler stuff, give back. It's time. It's time to grow up. Yep, we have got to invest in the things that are serving us. I do it, and so I encourage other people to do it as well. It's the right thing to do, right? See you next week.